This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org. Navigating Parkinson's disease can be challenging, but we're here to help. Welcome to the Michael J. Fox Foundation podcast. Tune in as we discuss what you should know today about Parkinson's research, living well with the disease, and the Foundation's mission to speed a cure. Free resources like this podcast are always available at michaeljfox.org. Faith and science are not often discussed together, but science requires a leap of faith. I'm Maggie Cool, Vice President of Research Communications. We have been talking a lot recently about a biomarker breakthrough, the alpha-synuclein seeding amplification assay that may help diagnose Parkinson's disease, including in its earliest stages. In our podcast today, we won't go too deep into the science. You can learn more about that in our blog posts and a webinar on our webpage. But we will focus on people who took that leap of faith and were there at the origin of this biomarker, including, for one, our founder, Michael J. Fox, who visited our foundation to share his thoughts about this breakthrough. We've got a, a moment here where we can move ahead in, in, in a total game-changing way. And when you think about those things, when we launch these these programs we have, we ask people to do things. We ask people to hit spinal taps when they they clearly didn't have Parkinson's, but they would do it to be part of the control. And, and I mean, what an astounding uh, gift they gave us, those people that did that and, and all the other people that showed up. I'm here with three people who showed up more than a decade ago to help us launch the Parkinson's Progression Markers Initiative and efforts toward this new test for Parkinson's disease. Dr. Samantha Hutton, Dr. Katie Kopel, staff scientists at the Michael J. Fox Foundation, and Donna Reykovich, who's diagnosed with Parkinson's and enrolled in the PPMI study, Parkinson's Progression Markers Initiative, in 2012. She founded Team Fox Detroit, which has been a critical partner in fundraising efforts for research and in spreading the word about research opportunities. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks for having us, Maggie. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Maggie. So Michael uh, referenced, you know, launching these programs and asking people to do things. So this assay came out of our PPMI study in part, many other efforts contributed, but PPMI was a big driver of this breakthrough. So Katie, why don't you tell us about the study and what makes it so special? So the Parkinson's Progression Markers Initiative, or PPMI for short, is a landmark natural history study of Parkinson's disease. One of the most critical things in terms of getting to better treatments is understanding, you know, is the drug slowing down the disease? Is it improving symptoms? And the only way you can really benchmark that is to understand how Parkinson's happens and progresses naturally. So PPMI is uh, a labor of love from patients and families, from clinical researchers and coordinators who are committed to understanding how Parkinson's uh, naturally evolves. Um, it's a global study. Over 50 sites globally are participating, uh, collecting data, neuroimaging scans, and biofluid samples, and then making those resources available for the research community to be able to advance biomarker research, to advance understanding of Parkinson's disease. And, and I personally think it's one of the best investments that the Fox Foundation has been able to make. And Donna, you joined PPMI in 2012. The study started just a couple of years before that, but you, know, you joined recently after you were diagnosed. And so tell me about that, again, sort of leap of faith of 
you've just been diagnosed, you hear about this study, what leads you to sign up? Um, so like most young onset Parkinson's patients, you know, it took several years to diagnose. And it was um, only after this DAT scan that um, along with my symptoms, the my neurologist say, yes, you have Parkinson's, which when you're in your 40s, you're just like what, you know, you're kind of stopped in your tracks, so to speak. And so I did some research and I researched on the website of Michael J. Fox Foundation that they were doing a PPMI study. They were looking for volunteers with young onset Parkinson's, no medications. And the closest location uh, for me was at the Cleveland Clinic. And there I enrolled in that study. And I'm still part of the study today. Um, so th this is uh, an important study for me because I have three children and no um, Parkinson's in the family. So I wanted to do my part to help not only myself and my family, but other people and researchers to study that. So, so you said do your part. I, I think that uh, that was a pretty big action to take. You know, many um, people are doing their part in lots of different ways. So you have signed up for PPMI. You are contributing, as Katie said, very valuable data and biosamples building this massive resource. Samantha, you are recently starting at the Fox Foundation a couple years later at 2014 and doing your own part to advance our efforts here to create better tests for Parkinson's. So tell me about coming across this interesting paper and what you did next. Sure, Maggie. So I remember it so clearly. Katie, you and I were, I think, uh, looking at the scientific article that we had uh, seen in a journal from uh, this investigator at the University of Texas, Claudio Soto. And what he was working on wasn't a, a Parkinson's disease biomarker test. It was um, a, a prion disease uh, biomarker test. And when we were reading it, we were thinking, hmm, this is really interesting. Do you think he could develop something similar for alpha-synuclein for Parkinson's disease? And we cold called him. <laughs> I remember asking you, I was very, very new at the foundation. I remember asking you, are we just going to call him out of the blue and ask him to see if he can take our money and develop this test for alpha-synuclein and start working on Parkinson's disease? That isn't his area of expertise per se, but this test could be translated to, to Parkinson's disease just as easily. And you said, we sure are. <laughs> So we, we called him out of the blue and, um, you know, we, we asked him about whether he could develop uh, a similar test for Parkinson's disease. And he was very enthusiastic about, about trying. And what I love about this example is it really speaks to the foundation's core value of urgency because we weren't going to wait for our next funding cycle, no. you know, six months down the road to invite him to submit a proposal. We were going to call him and invite him to submit a proposal in two weeks <laughs> so that we could capitalize on this really exciting finding in the prion world and see if we could transfer it to Parkinson's disease. And I remember thinking to myself, this is my dream job. I can I can do anything, <laughs> anything I want if, in the pursuit of, of finding biomarkers and a cure for Parkinson's. Um, if it makes scientific sense and we want to find the right people to work with, we don't have to wait for them to come to us. Um, and as I said, it's, this is so um, core to, to the way we operate with urgency, um, you know, really keeping the, the patients in mind. Um, and it was just, you know, so fun to be able to, to do that. I think within my first few months working at the foundation and then to kind of follow this over the last um, nine years. Oh, it is a fun, fun place to be. And you think we, we had been out of short postdocs and we're standing on the shoulders of giants. All of the work that Michael and our CEO, Debbie Brooks, had done to make a smart team that 
balance science with business, people took the Fox Foundation very seriously. And so when you have two new faces, get on the phone and ask for a call and ask if you'd like to work in Parkinson's and for someone to say yes, I think it's a real tribute to the organization and the vision that Michael and Debbie have built. And uh, we get to keep doing it every day. I feel like I remember how excited you all were about this project. I take a lot of notes in my job and I consequently throw out a lot of notes, but I have saved this piece, this scrap of paper where you were first telling me about this project, you know, probably now how many, you know, six, seven years ago, maybe more. And I just always thought there's just something like they were so like positive and hopeful about this. So I'm just going to like, you know, put that one in the do not recycle yet list. And uh, I was uh, I was revisiting it before this call thinking like, oh, this is like a little piece of history that it has turned into something, um, yeah, with real tangible impact for research and patients. So Donna, as I said, you were participating in PPMI. Samantha just said, you know, the sort of ethos of the foundation is this urgency and this patient relevance. And how does that make you feel to know that your contributions were being taken very seriously. They were valuing your resource and working to put it into action as quickly as possible. Oh my goodness, I'm so, so grateful. So grateful for all of you. And, um, you know, because every year, you know, you, you go to the research salons and you hear all the updates and you hear all this positive, you know, um, information that you know that you're making a difference and science is just constantly evolving and um, growing and you know just it's very thrilling to to be part of something like that part of that history you know i feel like i'm helping my family myself my uh, community so smith that that was a bit ago as we were reminiscing about so what has it been like since then you know science is a a roller coaster there's some steps forward, a couple of steps back. What is the process? Ups and downs, mostly yeah. downs. <laughs> yeah. So how have you kept that faith though? And what, what's it been like stewarding this project um, since then? I mean, this, this is sort of my, my pet, my favorite, one of my favorite projects that I've been able to work on at the foundation. Um, but like you said, I think some things move very quickly um, and some things move more slowly. Some things were more successful than others. So, you know, we were able to, you know, fund the the investigator to develop this test. And, you know, that took some time working out the kinks. Alpha-synuclein is a very sticky, different protein. Um, so, you know, there were some initial hurdles that we had to sort of conquer to um, just enable the assay to work, the, the biomarker test to work. But then after that, we wanted to test it in different types of, of patient samples. So PPMI is such a valuable resource uh, that before we even go into PPMI samples, we test it on other resources that, you know, the foundation has access to. So it was really awesome to be able to see that this uh, biomarker test could differentiate between Parkinson's patients and healthy volunteers um, in, in some of our other cohorts that are not um, associated with MJFF. Like Katie mentioned, one of the, the great things about working at the foundation is that, um, you know, our name really uh, goes a long way. So once we started working on this test and, you know, the uh, investigator had developed it, people started hearing about it. it things were being published in scientific journals. Uh, it was being presented at meetings. So, you know, there was a lot of buzz and certainly other um, organizations and other cohorts and, you know, other uh, investigators that had biosamples wanted to try it out. So, you know, before we know whether a biomarker test um, is really uh, rigorous, 
um, we need to test it in different patient samples and, and make sure that we get the same same data and the same results time and time again. So we were able to do that in, in a lot of different studies, um, and we were able to show that the biomarker test is really sensitive and specific to be able to uh, detect Parkinson's disease. Uh, and that was a really big step forward because the, the sensitivity and the specificity that we were seeing was in the you know high 80s and 90%. And just to kind of put that in perspective, you know, we, we haven't had a molecular-based biomarker test like that for Parkinson's disease. Um, so this was the first time that we had something that was that specific and that sensitive and being able to separate people with Parkinson's disease from healthy volunteers. So that was, you know, such a breakthrough for us. But along the way, you know, we also wanted to look and see whether we could detect um, this, you know, pathogenic alpha-synuclein in other biofluids that weren't spinal fluid. Um, you know, Donna knows that a spinal tap isn't super fun. Um, so being able to, to detect uh, this pathologic alpha-synuclein in more accessible biofluids like a blood test or, you know, a saliva test. We tried a lot of different things. Um, and so far, the, the spinal fluid test, um, you know, has been the, the most robust probably because <laughs> we started first with that. Um, and that's kind of most advanced and furthest along. But it's been so exciting over the last year, you know, year and a half to be able to see the exponential growth in, uh, you know, different groups around the world. Not just this one investigator that we funded, but we've been funding, you know, 10, 15, 20 other groups groups since then um, who have been able to work on this type of biomarker test, have tweaked it a little bit, um, changed it, modified it, made it you know faster or more accessible for uh, skin, for example, skin biopsies. So this one initial grant that the foundation gave in, in 2014 has exploded into you know 30 different grants, millions of dollars that we've invested and then other organizations have invested to be able to um, you know move this test along uh, faster and with urgency to be able to to detect this pathologic alpha-synuclein and other biofluids, um, you know, in different ways. And it's been so exciting to, to kind of see that growth and to, to track it. Um, and there's so many opportunities to go from here. It's really just the tip of the iceberg. Sam, you're very humble. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like uh, I had the chance to, you know, sit next to you as we had that first phone call with Dr. Soto. And uh, then I moved on getting to explore different parts of the work that research team does at the Fox Foundation. And, you know, every two years I'd check up and you were running a new round robin or a new bake-off. And it wasn't a linear journey, but I think that the tenacity that you brought to this and the investment, you said, let's attract more people. Let's not just put our eggs in one basket and hope this works out, but let's get other scientists working on this. Let's try it out, different samples or Thank goodness the PPMI samples existed, but that, that um, you know, you tr you really built the the bank that now people can keep going back to over and over again to you know understand is this going to work? And I don't, I don't know how you didn't give up, <laughs> but I don't give up. <laughs> but it's I'm glad you didn't, and I think it's uh it's exciting to be able to see this breakthrough when it it was not clear that that was what was going to was the road that we were on and that's what it would lead to. And and so I, I love that you bring that passion. Oh, thanks, Katie. <laughs> I, I think the whole Parkinson's uh, community is glad that Samantha didn't give up. But uh, what, what I heard, Samantha, when you were um, recounting was that, you know, there is this MJFF approach of leaving no stone unturned, urgency, leveraging partnerships, but also developing a, a real strategy and understanding how we might get not only to, you know, A to B, but A to C, D, E, F, G. And um, the other thing I think that, you know, Katie, you just alluded to it too, that Fox does is 
builds the resources to be able to execute those strategies. And we build them actually even in advance so that they're ready when the strategy is ready. And it's not such a, uh, you know, sort of step-by-step approach of, well, first we have to get all these samples and then we can start to test them. We've already made this investment, as you said. And so, you know, Donna, you have made that investment. You you are the one who has contributed uh, this uh, this bank of resources. Tell us, what's your experience been in PPMI and you know, how have you felt about contributing what does require a lumbar puncture, but to researchers is really liquid gold? Well, I just want to tell, say thank you for not giving up. I, I'm so grateful for all of you at the foundation. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, science is interesting and, and these lumbar punctures aren't, aren't that great, but you know, it's a small, it's a small price to pay to help, you know, others and, and researchers because without it, you know, science is the key to a cure, you know, that's the way we're going to get there. And we need everyone to participate, you know, and the sense of urgency, you know, everyone in Michigan, in the Detroit area, they are very, um, supportive of the foundation. They are, you know, uh, very eager to help out wherever they can and participate in the studies. And we had a PPMI uh, research salon last year. And I think we, well, now I think I know that we have had so many people sign up to be part of research. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. So I'm happy to do it because I, I could see a, a future without Parkinson's, and that's hopeful for my family. It says a lot that every time I ask you about yourself, Donna, you're talking about how your community is responding or how you're doing <laughs> this for your children. So, you know, I, I think it's coming through that uh, you you really think of others a lot, and that's um, that's amazing. So I do want to go back to you, though. How did you feel hearing about this biomarker breakthrough? What was it like and you know where did you first get the news about this success and what was that like i was thrilled my whole family we were thrilled we got the news um at the uh, the research salon in new york um it, during the mvp and uh, of course you know i can't remember the doctor's name but he was up there with all his you know whiteboard and everything and of course, I didn't understand any of it except that it's over 80% accurate and here we are, you know? So I was like, yes, <laughs> you know, all of this and all the spinal fluids and all the DAT scans and I, I would be happy to do it all over again. So yes, yeah, it was exciting for all of us. We were so excited. That's amazing. I love that you got the big unveil at the end on the science side. Samantha was talking about, okay, we're going to run PPMI samples. That sounds casual, but... When you realize there's, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred people participating in PPMI and they have many study visits, we were getting the data back like it was a weekly uh, release on Netflix. And so you're waiting for the next episode. You're like, what's what's the data going to say? Because the best the best test is the one you have the least data on. Right. So if you don't have a lot of data, it always looks good. So each week as more data came in, you're like, is it going to look as good as last week? Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And so each <laughs> week it did, which I think made it really fun to you know, you're hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. Um, and it was so, so exciting to see it unveiled now at the end. But along the way, it was pretty exciting, too. 
So Donna got the like binge uh, experience, totally. right? We're like all yeah. episodes are <laughs> released at once, and yeah. Uh, um, so I wanted to to hear from uh, someone else. We can play a, a clip here. Um, Katie, you referenced before our CEO um, Debbie Brooks, who is a PPMI control participant herself, and she shared with us how Michael took the news of this biomarker breakthrough. So we can roll the clip hearing from her. I really just wanted to make sure that Michael got a chance to hear it first. So um, he was on a family vacation in California and I, I flew out to visit with him. And, um, you know, I set up some time. I Todd Scherer, the chief mission officer at the Fox Foundation and a, with the lead um, scientist for our team, he was joining us by Zoom. And so I, I kind of sat down with Michael and I said, Todd's going to be with us in a minute. Um, I just need you to know he's going to tell you all the science. Um, and, and Todd's a great science communicator. So it, was gonna, it wasn't that it would be impenetrable. But I said, but you just need to know this is a breakthrough. And he just looked at me and, and then I hit like hit go on the Zoom. And um, Todd explained it all and was and Michael was nodding. He totally got it. Of course, we've been invested in biomarkers to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars over the last um, 15 to 18 years. And he knew exactly what the implications were. And he just he was choked up. Um, he was so proud and excited and felt like this is what we're here for. I mean, he just he, he immediately appreciated the full potential of this finding and but the um, cutest part was he picked up this, the computer screen picked up his laptop and brought it forward and leaned over and kissed Todd <laughs> a lovely um moment and I think a sentiment shared by a lot of us here so Donna you said you know I'd do it all over again and I think we are going to ask you to do it perhaps over and over again because our work is far from done as Samantha recounted she has um she has big plans as she is want to do so uh Samantha what what is next what work remains and why do we still need really the whole community behind us to make this have an even greater impact Sure, Maggie. Yeah, our work is never done. Uh, there's always more that we can do. So some of the things that we're really excited about right now are the, um, as I mentioned, the opportunity to be able to um, employ this test in, in other non-spinal fluid um, biofluids or biosamples, such as skin, olfactory mucosa, kind of the way we um, have been used to taking COVID tests over the years. Um, you know, certainly blood is, is very easily accessible. Um, so there's that opportunity. I think another thing that we're really focusing on is taking the assay from its current form, which is binary, to a more quantitative um, biomarker test. So right now, when we look in the spinal fluid, we can say, yes, the assay is positive for this pathologic alpha-synuclein, or no, it's not, um, for that particular moment in time when the spinal fluid was was taken. But what we are moving towards and what we really hope for is uh, something that can give us a number, like, you know, there's um, 400 micrograms of this pathologic alpha-synuclein. Uh, and you can imagine if you if you test, you know, and now in, in 2023, and then you test again in 2024, that number could change. And that could tell us how the disease is progressing over time. Um, if we have a, an at-risk um, person or, or somebody who, um, you know, has a family predisposition uh, for Parkinson's disease or may have some risk factors like hyposmia, loss of smell, or REM sleep behavior disorder, RBD, we would want to be able to track that person over time, and we could potentially have uh, the opportunity to use this test to 
see how the numbers are changing over the years uh, or in clinical trials. If we had, um, you know, a, a quantitative assay, a quantitative biomarker test, we could see how a particular treatment is changing that number to know um, how that uh, drug is affecting Parkinson's disease and specifically uh, the alpha-synuclein readout, and that could inform clinical trials in a really big way. So, you know, I heard from Donna that, that she was really excited to hear these results, and I can tell you that our pharma partners and people who are in the clinic right now are also really, really excited uh, about the current results and also thinking about the opportunities that, um, you know, this biomarker assay has in the future, particularly around being able to quantitate it and, and measure it in the same way that we can for cholesterol. Um, so you can you can understand that, um, you know, having a cholesterol level above a certain amount is, you know, predisposes you to, you know, various conditions, heart disease, things like that. And that's what we're going for with, with this pathologic alpha-synuclein. If we can, um, you know, figure out how to make it more quantitative, then we can kind of develop a threshold and also understand how it changes over time. So, those are two things that uh, we're working hard on now, and we have been working on these for a while, but with all the excitement and the enthusiasm around these latest results, um, like Katie said, we don't want to have all of our eggs in one basket. So we're talking to leading experts around the world who are who are working on this, um, and we're, we're trying all of these different things. We're um, working with these different groups, having them collaborate with each other so that the research isn't siloed, um, bringing these people together so that they can talk about their results and their challenges in real time and thinking ahead about the ways that the foundation can, you know, address these challenges or, um, you know, better enable this research uh, as we, we think about the unmet needs and the gaps and, and what we can do to kind of plug them and fill them and really capitalize on this really, really exciting finding so that we can move even more quickly uh, to, to make the assay better and better and, you know, keep iterating. Yeah, this is the beginning. It's a new frontier. It is. So why is the Michael J. Fox Foundation, Katie, the best partner to push us toward that vision that Samantha just laid out? Some of the things that I think make the Fox Foundation so special, we dare to be bold. And I think the return on investment and risk calculus we have, we're looking for things that make people affected by Parkinson's better. You know, Donna, you were talking about it took you a long time to get a diagnosis. That can't be easy, right? And and I don't know that this test is something that you're going to run out and do today, but for people that have to go on that journey in the future, to have an easier journey to get a diagnosis, that's what gets us out of bed in the morning. Better treatments, Samantha talked about companies wanting to invest in clinical trials, in better treatments understanding how do you know that if you're changing the biology to slow down the disease. These are big, challenging questions that have scared a lot of people off. And I don't think Michael is scared. And uh, the team at the Fox Foundation certainly isn't scared of taking risks. And we do this wisely. The donor dollars that Donna and her Team Fox family help raise for us, we want to deploy that quickly. We want to put it into things that other people aren't going to invest in. And so um, I think this is one of the reasons that the Fox Foundation is special. Some of the activities that are cascading from this biomarker finding include partnerships with other global patient organizations to make sure we have the same messaging, that we can align our strategic funding to help really pave a pathway to better treatments. And uh, it doesn't just, you know, stop here that we pat ourselves on the back. I mean, I would like to pat Samantha on the back, <laughs> and and I will, but that that's not the end of the day that we now see, okay, well, here's where we're going next, and here's how we get up that mountain that we, we've been climbing. 
Katie, it's not it's not just the the Fox Foundation. Obviously, it's it's Donna, it's the patients, it's the people donating CSF, it's the pharma partners, it's you know all the different academic researchers around the world, and being able to bring these people together, I think, is the the value add of the foundation. We're all you know so speaking true. the same language and, and you know working together because we know we're all on the same page and we're all you know com- not competing but collaborating in the most efficient way. And that's I think one of the the strengths that we have. But it wouldn't have happened with just one of those resources or one of those groups. It takes all of those different things together. And I'm just so thankful to be a part of it and thankful to Donna and all the participants in PPMI and, you know, our partners from the other organizations and um, PPMI leadership, the PPMI study, um, and all the investigators who are working on this, because it took it took one person to take the leap and think about diving into the Parkinson's world with this type of assay. And now, I think there are around 30 different groups working on it, working hard. And those are just the ones that, you know, we're affiliated with that we know of. It's just so exciting to see how it's exploded. So we can be bold and brave and take risks because we have the partnerships and the network and the community with us. So Donna, I, as we wind down our conversation and thank you to all of our uh, our folks here for joining us, but I want to give you the the last words on how you have felt contributing in PPMI for the last 11 years and moving in this new frontier, as Katie put it, with the outcomes that your efforts have led to? Well, I I can't thank everyone enough for all the work that they've done. You know, being, like I said, diagnosed young with with Parkinson's disease is really, it's a challenge. And um, through all the resources and all the, the contributions that, you know, that we do as a community and and as as uh, supporters of research, you know, I think it's important um, to have that trust factor with your organization and 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 your your doctors and things like that because um, because you do see a difference. I see a difference in myself, you know, with the new medications that have been coming up through the pipeline. So I think. The PPMI is, is um, I'm so grateful to everybody. I'm grateful to Michael's taking that risk, saying, hey, you know, we're going to go in blind and let's see what happens. And here we are, you know, years later, you know, there's, there's progress. There's hope. It's a field of dreams. Yeah. You built PPMI. Yes. And now uh, people are coming. Thank you all, not just for your time today, but for everything that we've talked about um, in our time together. For you listening, participating in research like Donna has and continues to do is one way to feel empowered and make a difference, as she said, not only in her own disease, but in the future of how we approach and treat Parkinson's disease. So whether you have PD or not, you can help move research forward. Join the study that's changing everything. Visit michaeljfox.org slash podcast dash PPMI. Until next time, thank you for listening. Did you enjoy this podcast? Share it with a friend or leave a review on iTunes. It helps listeners like you find and support our mission. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation at michaeljfox.org. Thanks for listening. This is Michael J. Fox. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Learn more about the Michael J. Fox Foundation's work and how you can help speed a cure at michaeljfox.org.